This is Agree to Disagree with Mike Brazuda and Bob Labriola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another should-be award-winning edition of the podcast, Agree to Disagree, the podcast with the motto, I'm, I'm right, right, he's, he's wrong. wrong. Labs is still here. He wanted out. He was tired of me being right all the time and him being wrong all the time. We tried to trade him to another podcast. Nobody wanted him, so Labs, welcome back. What, what, what was your best offer in the trade? Did A six-pack. It didn't, didn't even, even have, have to, to be, be warm. <laughs> I wasn't taking warm beer for you. Okay. Cold beer, I'd have thought long and hard, but for now we're still teammates, so welcome back. I am not, I am, and I'm not disgruntled. I am very gruntled. You've always been described as gruntled. We got a lot to chew on this week, so let's get to it. The first topic for debate slash discussion labs. Ingram had to go, and anywhere but the AFC North was good enough. I agree. I mean, um, not optimum by any means. Um, you know, you would have liked to it for it to work out. You would have liked if it didn't. You know that you send them. I don't know to um, some outpost in the NFC where he would never be heard from again. Uh, but you also, if, if you're going to, you had to get rid of him, so then you just take the best offer you can get. And, I mean, this to me is another example of the disconnect between what guys are actually worth in the trade market and what fans and media think guys should be worth uh, on the trade market. Uh, it was clear to me that uh, Melvin Ingram was not happy with his playing time. And I just didn't want it to become another LeGarrette Blunt situation where the guy becomes a distraction, a bad example. This is a young Steelers team. And I, I think that uh, that would have been really a, a bad thing, detrimental uh, to this team that just now seems to really be kind of developing and coming together. So you got to get rid of him. Uh, and, you know, they did the best they could. Uh, the AFC, again, isn't optimum. But I did look at it, and here's a little, uh, just a sidelight on this, trading him to a competitor uh, in the AFC. You know, the Chargers all of a sudden don't look like a very good team. The Raiders are in somewhat disarray, even though they've bounced back nicely from the John Gruden thing. Uh, they, now they have the Henry Ruggs thing. Uh, but if Kansas City wins that division, they're really not competing with the Steelers for a playoff spot because there's going to be a team from that division you know, in the playoffs. They will be competing with the Steelers in December I'll, in Kansas City. I, I understand that. Um, and the Steelers but, might need that win regardless of where the Chiefs stand in the West. I, and I understand that as well. But, uh, you know, to, to quote the great Troy Edwards about Melvin Ingram, what he done? One sack, two hits on the quarterback. And I looked up his, uh, his snap counts were pretty large except for the last couple of weeks. So, uh, again – I liked the move when they signed him. I would have rather that they were able to keep him. But, you know, it's not like they're losing Greg Lloyd in his prime either. Yeah, I got to reluctantly agree with you and agree with the uh, premise. Uh, here's what I hate about it. Right now, you're worse. Your depth is worse. And Absolutely. I, I, I respect your uh, acknowledgement of his production or lack thereof. I think the guy's a good football player. I think he's a proven football player. I think it was working here, particularly early in the season when he had to play a lot. You know, that made it worth having him, even it ended poorly. But based on how the season started for Watt and Highsmith health-wise, good thing he was here when he was. Um, 
I'm not in the meetings. I don't know how he was reacting with his teammates. I don't know what was said between him and his coaches, either when he got here or lately. But I do know this. Uh, the the whole groin injury missed the Cleveland game thing doesn't pass the smell test. It does not. And when you get to that point, then it's over. Um, so had to do what they had to do. Uh, there was not a huge market. Uh, a six-round pick, fans are going to say, oh, it's only a six-round pick. The, the organization will value that. This will help down the road. But right now, uh, at least uh, until if and when Taco Charlton and Derek Tusco are called upon in a prominent role, that may never happen. But if it does, you know, then we'll see what this ultimately costs the Steelers. But, yeah, they, they did what they had to do. Statement number two. If they stop the Browns' running game, it must mean the run defense is fixed. Disagree, and here's why. I think they now have proven they can stop a conventional, traditional NFL running game. But uh, coming to Heinz Field Monday night, Justin Fields, who is struggling uh, as a starter in the league, as a lot of guys do uh, when they first get at it. You know, he's not uh, letting it rip and, and reading it and seeing it and doing all the things traditional quarterbacks do. But this guy can run the football. And I think he's going to be great someday. I, I don't think that's today or tomorrow or Monday night. I was going to say, what about Monday you night? Know, throwing the ball and playing quarterback the way you have to play it in the NFL. But he's got a profound physical skill set. He's got instincts. And here's what you're going to see on Monday night. You're going to see him do a play-action boot. And he's going to get out on either wing. And it looks to me, from having watched uh, the Niners game in particular, he'll have the option to run or throw in that instance. If, if everybody's covered up, he's going to take off. If he sees somebody, he's skilled enough, he can turn and throw it on the run and get it there. He threw on the Jesse James in the end zone against the Niners. And laps. Jesse, Jesse caught, caught it! it. <laughs> he's slippery. Uh, we had Merrill Hodge on the DV morning show today. He, he compared him to Barry Sanders in his willingness to cut back and go the other way if the way he starts going gets cut off. Look up that 22-yard touchdown he had against the Niners. It's majestic. The amount of guys he made miss. you got to stay in your lanes. you got to contain. You have to have backside pursuit. And you better not give up if you think, oh, he's going to the right and I'm the guy on the left. This ain't me. Think again. I mean, this is going to take all their concentration and execution. And what did T.J. Watts say after the Browns game? Assignment football. Better have all the bases covered against this guy because he's a very, very, very good runner. Uh, I'm going to disagree with the statement as well. Um, and let me just touch on this first. Based on what you're describing, um, you know, those games against Lamar Jackson probably will come in handy because it sounds to me very much like very much a similar so. situation yeah. uh, to uh, defending Justin Fields as uh, you defend Lamar Jackson. And let me just throw this in as an a, a addendum to what you said. Uh, hit him. Hit him, hit him, Good idea. hit him. Cleanly, fairly, but hit him. He's going to do the boot thing. Right. The fake and every thing. time he, he does even, that, even after he hands off. you can hit him. Yes. Paying attention, Taco. Hit him. Okay. Um, the other thing about – Say it again because he went to Michigan. He might not have gotten <laughs> it the first time. Hit him slowly. <laughs> um, the other thing uh, about the statement that I will disagree with uh, only in in this sense, um, they stopped the Browns' running game, as you mentioned, a traditional NFL running game. Um, it means that they know how yeah. to defend the run. By the way, they did that 
phenomenally uh, well. Yes. And as to, as an eleven man unit. Yes. That was really impressive. And let me it's uh, something I did not see coming. No, I didn't think it was possible either. And let me just say uh kudos to Loudermilk, Bugs, Mondo, and Wormley. Um all the defensive linemen not named Cam Hayward. Yep. Uh those guys Kudos to them. And speaking of Cam Hayward, throwing the two corners, uh, Sutton yeah. and Hayden, which Cam made a point after yeah, the game right. of bringing those guys' names up because they they showed they stuck their face in the fan. They they anted up and kicked in. And I, I also think you know, except for the one play where uh, Devin Bush overran it, um, the inside linebackers played appeared to play much better, and I think a lot of that had to do with Loudermilk, yeah. Bugs, Funny how Mondo, that, and Wormley. Right? <laughs> yeah, coinkydink, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, so they, the Steelers know how uh, to stop uh, a big boy NFL running game. They did it against the Browns. Um, as you mentioned, the, the, the challenge that is Monday night is going to be different now. The next time they face a big boy NFL running game, will they remember – how to do this. Yeah. Oh, hey, and I mean, these guys will try to run it too traditionally. It's not all going to be Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, I, I get it. But I mean, it's yeah. not the same. You can't, you still have to approach it, I think, a little bit differently because of the presence of. But they'll Justin have a chance Jones. to do what you're talking about also. Yes. It's, hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Last but certainly not least, as it relates to fakes and, you know, things of that nature, don't be deterred. Just because of what happened on that fake field goal fiasco in Cleveland. Um, I'm going to agree with the statement. Um, I, I will say this, knowing you as long as I have, I will say this right now. I am not as big a roll-the-dice guy as you are. However, I Well, hey, you know me, Mr. Vegas. <laughs> if we were in Wisconsin, I'd have to make your book. But we're in Italy, so you have to make mine. I understand. Um let me see your hander. Me? Oh, oh, I'd bet it all, but that's just me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do appreciate uh, Mike Tomlin's aggressiveness. Uh, I do, did believe at the time, uh, the way the game was unfolding, even though it was low scoring at the time, I did not think field goals were going to do it. So, uh, you know, going for something um, instead of a field goal, uh, to me, was not an uh, objectionable decision on its, sur- on its face. Um, however, what they came up with, um, you want to go for it, go for it, leave Ben in, let's do it. Um, you know, the whole place kicker throwing the football, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff uh, at all. And so um, that's, the, that's my objection to that. I have no problem with going for a touchdown. I have no problem with the mindset of being aggressive, thinking that the way the game is going to unfold, you're not going to be able to win with field goals. Uh, but place kickers throwing passes, uh, I'm against that. I'm going to agree as well, and uh, I want to attack this from a couple of angles. Um, first, uh, I'm curious to, to your opinion on this. I did a uh, video roundtable this week with Missy Matthews and Craig Wolfley and Arthur Motes on Steelers.com, and I made the point that you know, I never want to see anybody get injured, but I like seeing the Steelers play without a kicker because I think football should be played without kickers. Okay, you, you should have to go for it. You should have to go for two. Or, or your kicker has to be a player and play another position. Lou the Toe Groza, Jerry Paul Kramer, Horning. Paul Horning. Yes. <laughs> I'll buy that. But uh, as it relates to our current discussion, I think you, 
I'm all for doing those kind of things. I think you have to be smarter. And here's what I mean by that. As it's been explained to me, the problem with it was on the 31-yard kick that they actually kicked it and made it. It was a traditional place-kicking formation. Pat Fryermuth was on the left end of the formation, and Zach Gentry was on the right. For the fake, only three guys were to the left of the long snapper, and both tight ends were on the right side of the formation. A couple of the Browns were jumping up and down and waving. It was clear the cat was out of the bag, okay? Uh, The Browns knew it was coming, so get out of it. And here's why they didn't get out of it. According to Cam Hayward, the person responsible for checking out of that is either Presley Harvin III, the rookie punter, or Christian Kuntz, the first-year pro long snapper who's never done this before this year. So you're asking inexperienced guys. You're asking a little bit much, I think, in that situation of inexperienced guys. There was also an issue with uh, Fryermuth. I couldn't tell. I, I only saw the television replay of the game. Uh, Hay- Cam Hayward had mentioned something about uh, motion not being timed up right. I don't know if he started on the left and then motioned right, and you're supposed to snap it, and they didn't snap it, or what happened there. But, it's, again, that's another rookie who's a, a, a critical part of this whole operation. They should have been able to get out of it and, you know, cut their losses, and they didn't, and it, and it blew up in their face. I, I liken it to that blitz they called against the Raiders that ended up on that long touchdown pass. To Henry uh, Henry Ruggs. They schemed up a free blitzer, but it was Trey Norwood, a rookie who had never been in that position before, and he wasn't able to execute the blitz. So I'm all for putting the pedal down, going for it, all that, but just make sure the guys that you're asking to do these things can do it, right, and, and are capable and, and know how to handle it. And and to me, the the Browns' uh, fake field goal was even a little bit uh, more dicey than the Raiders blitz because Norwood is a defensive player um, who just needs to know, you know, he should be able to come in clean on the quarterback and tackle him. Asking punters and long snappers to make decisions on offensive plays, uh, to me, is just asking a little much, especially at their experience level. You know, I always go back to that um, NFL Films clip of Belichick walking down uh, the bench on his sideline. And what does he say to each person? Do your job. Just do your job. Harvin's job, get the ball down for the, the place kicker. Kuntz's job, get the ball back to Harvin in a timely and accurate manner. Um, I, I'm not asking them, at least not at this stage, especially at this not at this stage of their development as pros, uh, to read situations like that and think quickly enough. Uh, to get them out of something that wasn't going to work. Yeah, I don't even have a, a huge problem with Boswell passing because he's done that before, and it worked in Denver a couple, three years ago. But um, just Thro- throw it away. Yeah, that's that's the throw other thing. Throw it once. Right. Once they didn't get out of the play, he and as soon as he took the snap, up, okay, and he looked. No, you got us. It, right. And in the end zone, holding it and waiting for yourself to get run over by a freight train is not really serving any right. purpose because you don't have either Randy Moss, you know, or A.B., or any, you know, it's it's tight ends. And that, that's fine, but once they're covered, they're covered. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> that's a ball game. And that is uh, going to do it for us. Uh, we'll be here again. As I mentioned at the outset, we could not trade labs. Shirtless Tom tried. He was working the phones. <laughs> So didn't have how many people hung up on you seriously? Five, six, seven yeah. <laughs> a ton.
That's it for Agree to Disagree, the podcast, till next week.